welcome to the JB and I show. Today we're going to be talking about fitness, fitness reflection, and I have a special guest for you. <laughs> Today, I have a special guest for you, Trav. You know what? I'm just going to let him introduce you, introduce himself. All right, man. <laughs> well, I'm Trav, and I have a podcast typically talking about sports called the Sports Bag Bros Podcast. I do it with a partner named Bias, and we talk nothing but sports. We do it from Monday through Thursday, but now we're going to start doing it two days a week starting in 2024. Monday and Thursday, because there's always something to talk about in sports. But right now, we're going to talk some fitness. Absolutely. Yes. Trav just done a half marathon, and I just want to bring him in today so that he can share with you, you know, his fitness journey, his motivation, all of that with you guys today. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, Trey, man, tell me about, you know, why Why a half marathon, man? Well, well, because I was too lazy to do the whole thing. So I said, why not do half? <laughs> no. But you, t- <laughs> you take steps when you do these things. You don't want to just jump right into it. You know, pretty much in layman terms, I wasn't exactly in the best shape. I've always been in shape throughout my life. But as things happen, as life goes, you get older and things don't come as easily as they once did. So even though you may have your competitive edge as a kid and it never really dies when you get older, well, your body dies, atrophy, all of those things take place. And sometimes if you were a top competitor or just a competitor, you're kind of missing those days. You want to grab something back from the past, bring it to the future. And that's what I did. I brought it to the present, but it cost. And the cost Mm. was the sweat, the time, all of the things that go into putting forth an effort in something like a 13.1 mile journey, which is a half marathon. As you may all know, a full marathon is 26.2 miles. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh my goodness. So can you walk us through the preparation of the sequence that you, uh, you know, how did you prepare for this half marathon? I mean, nobody's just going to just run out there and just do it. (laughs) Well, it all started from somewhere, so it didn't even start with just the half a marathon. It was last June. Well, there was a race last June called the 5K Run for the Pies, and it's here in Jacksonville, Florida. 
And the purpose of it, obviously, is to get a 5K run out, but they give you moon pies afterwards. That's part of the run for the pies theme. <laughs> but a couple of months before, I decided to do that. Why not go ahead and do a 5K? Now, mm-hmm. granted, I haven't ran in so long because I once boxed and I thought that, you know what, when I wanted to get in shape for boxing, I ran. Well, this is pretty much the same thing without the boxing. So what am I going to do? I'm going to run. So I started preparing by just running one foot in front of the other. The most basic thing you could do. And I thought I was making progress. I felt I was making progress. But then ultimately, the race came and I did a 36-minute 5K. And I didn't know whether that was good or bad. But when I checked it, well, it wasn't that great. But even for my age group, 51, it wasn't completely bad, but it still wasn't, if being the competitor I am, it wasn't enough for me. So I decided to get serious with it. And today, instead of spending money on things, there's always something on social media, YouTube in particular. So what I did was I went after people who knew what they were doing, preparing for marathons, not even professionals, but people who are high-end amateurs or just real strict hobbyists. And so I checked different videos out and I stumbled upon one video, I believe it's called um, Happy Messy or something like that. It's from the UK. They have a different vernacular than over here. Mm. But anyway, uh, he was a marathoner and runner, he and his wife. And um, they had plans. They talked about a lot of the races they've done and they put together plans. And I saw the plan for the half marathon. I did a 5k. Now I was thinking about a half a marathon. And the reason why I thought that was possible was I did the race 5k in June. I thought, well, the next one, the the half marathon is going to be in December. Mm. That should be some time. So when I checked one of their plans for the half marathon, it was a 13 week plan. But the caveat was he was saying on the plan that if you're going to do this plan, you should have done at least a 10K first. Well, I did a 5K and it was a very slow (laughs) 5K, painful and all of that. But Mm. you know what? It's whatever you do, it's always up to you. Whether you decide to take on another job or whether you decide to take on a physical endeavor, whatever it is you decide or say you want to do or claim you're interested in, is ultimately always going to come down to you. So the choice was, well, I'm supposed to do a 10K before I did, you know, before I go on this endeavor or just don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. I chose to do it. And to hold myself accountable, I made a video of it and I posted it, small parts of it on our YouTube channel, kind of mm-hmm. holding yourself accountable because mm-hmm. you know those people out there, mm-hmm. they will always I thought you said you get those types all the time. Mm-hmm. If you don't do what you said, the I thought you said people. Well, I thought you <laughs> did this. You know, they're mm-hmm. always out there. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was one way of holding myself accountable. But at the same time, I've always, for the most part, have been accountable. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do it. I wanted to challenge myself as I always try one way or another. And I started off with the 10K because mm-hmm. that first week, had me going into a 10K at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, their method of training was doing some runs in between. Then there was interval training in order to help your speed. Then there was strength training so you don't get injured. 
before mm-hmm. races. And I never thought about all these things as it pertained mm-hmm. to running long distance. And then they even had a yoga class. But mm-hmm. your long runs were reserved for the weekends, whether it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Those mm-hmm. were considered your long runs. And for that first week, 10K was the long run. Mm-hmm. I haven't run anything but a 5K that previous June. And that's mm. the furthest I ran in a long time. And I went out there. That Wednesday was my interval training. That first interval training, I did about 33, 36 intervals of full speed, medium speed, and kind of jogging. I said I'd be out there for about 20 minutes. I was out there for over an hour. Mm. And I realized this was serious. But this is what I had chosen. By that Saturday, I had to, to really tough out the 10K. And I was happy about that. Obstacle, conquer the obstacle. Well, the next week comes. And there was days I was going out there running. And I was at about a mile, mile and a half. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back home. Two mile <laughs> runs. I wanted to go back home. And then I get pissed at myself even thinking about, damn. You just, I just didn't want to do it. And you say to yourself in your mind about accountability, but guess what? Who's there to hold you accountable for that day? No one but you. <laughs> if you go home, no one's going to know. If you want to make a BS story, no one's going to know. You still have the half marathon weeks and weeks, months and months away. You can get it back together then. But being accountable, there were days that I said, you know what? Forget about it. I'll go home. And I went home. <laughs> I know everybody has this story in their mind of everything just went well from start to finish or if there were some tough times you just toughed it out every time you know what sometimes you don't tough it out every time but when the going did get tough when things finally did start coming together when the dedication was finally really there mm-hmm. you got to push through because mm-hmm. you held yourself accountable you can quit at any time but then mm-hmm. you can also live with quitting as you did. And so there's so many layers to this. This is just the running part. Yeah. One of the things I, I wanted to ask, you kind of touched on it. It was like, you know, motivation and staying motivation, staying motivated, excuse me. Um, how did you keep yourself? Like, I know some people use like groups or friends to be like, yo, hey, where you at in your run or whatever. How did you keep yourself motivated to continue, you know, this rigorous training that you were doing? Well, sometimes you don't talk to so many of your friends because guess what? They're also going to be part of that keeping you accountable crew. So you tell them, <laughs> and if you're not doing it, they're going to ask, what's going on? How's this? And I'm not going to lie to anybody about anything. There's no reason to. I'm an adult. What's there to lie about if you're not doing anything wrong? Well, the wrong thing would have been not doing what I said I was going to do. There was a handful of people that I had let know, you know, I let them know what I was up to. And so um, I would tell them the days that I had did my long runs or even just the, the other shorter runs, I'll let them know the progress. You know, mm-hmm. I had an app that showed my route. It showed, I kept everything in kilometers instead of miles. And then it showed the times and I was able to stick with that. But also the motivation came from the improvement. Because I got to a point to where I started watching the videos. And when I started watching videos of people who knew what the heck they were doing, it made more sense and it made it better to do what I was doing instead of just running. And 
you know, you look at some of these methods where you run slow to do to go fast. And I've seen a lot of those methods started doing that and things actually worked. And when they started working, that's the motivation that stood to, to make me continue doing it. And um, instead of two miles, I mean, the same two miles I complained about. And sometimes I pushed through, sometimes I didn't. I was up to five miles, six miles, seven miles, eight miles mm. in almost no time. There was times when I had my eight mile run. And after the eight mile run, I felt, you know what? I could have stayed out here for another hour. Mm. Never would have thought that would have been a possibility, <laughs> but it was. But in mm. order to, to do any of that, you also have to eat. And the things you eat is going to be the reason why you do well or not. Running, mm. anyone who runs knows that it's probably going to be completely carb-based. Mm. Well, I decided to go a bit on the opposite end of the spectrum by going with keto, mm -hmm. which doesn't do a whole lot of carb intake. But it worked for me based on my goals of lowering the weight, the natural weight anyways, because fewer pounds on the joints so the runs aren't going to be as bad for your joints getting older that's going to happen regardless of who you are mm. if you were a great athlete once upon a time or even if you're an older great athlete those things are still going to happen so yeah, yeah i turned to cauliflower i've mm. used it in the past doing keto so this wasn't anything new making dishes with cauliflower making it edible not just something that had to be done and it was tasty because people, you know, people eat for taste most times. Sometimes mm -hmm. you eat for nutrition. There is no balance. You'll eat for nutrition, but it tastes nasty. Mm -hmm. Or it tastes nasty, but it's nutritious, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I was in that scenario a few times. But it, these dishes that I had made, because I cook often anyway and bake, they all turned out to be right on point cauliflower fried shrimp instead of shrimp fried rice. That's exactly what I was making. I made the cauliflower. I used the other ingredients, the soy sauce and the fish oil and all those things and chopped some eggs in there and all of that. All that has some shrimp steamed or even just fried in mm. olive oil. Shrimp fried in a cauliflower. And you put some green onions in it. It looks just like regular Chinese food. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those things that really carried me through. And yeah. um yeah, um I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I was gonna I was gonna ask about was your, your food and nutrition and your intake and stuff. And you mentioned the, the keto diet and, and how it worked for you and and the taste that's definitely I know I eat for taste, but <laughs> yeah. and so like uh what about the water intake or uh you know is it just water or electrolytes or whatever you know because some people get that confused and such like that can you you know kind of expound on that portion? well usually people would drink water but when you're doing that kind of running and you're consistently doing that kind of running it's not all about water anymore it's about the things you lose when you run because of the water you probably did drink is coming out you don't just lose water you lose electrolytes as you said you lose the minerals and you have to replace those if you want to continue to be healthy but well you have a clash because the electrolytes in a lot of cases is going to disrupt um if you're in ketosis from doing keto it's going to disrupt that in some cases because mm -hmm. there are carbs in those electrolytes 
But, you know, you have a balance. There's a certain amount of electrolytes you could use. You know, you could have a little bit of electrolytes and a whole bunch of water. You know, and once again, if, if you're not really caring about the taste, you can do that and it'll still go well. But for me, I drank water in the beginning and then I started buying electrolytes. Then I started realizing, you know what? I'm doing so much running now anyways. I'm not losing. I'm not running to lose weight, by the way. I was using that as just part of the overall picture of weight loss before the race. Mm -hmm. And, but by virtue of doing as much running as I had done, I started just losing the weight and it just started coming off regardless. And it got to a point now to where I was able to lose my discipline and -hmm. not just do keto. I can do other things because I ran it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a bit of a cheap, but I wasn't doing things that was destroying my body. I wasn't just eating donuts all that time or potato <laughs> chips i was eating crap that i probably shouldn't have eaten while running but it wasn't completely dangerous crap it wasn't the trans fats and all that kind of stuff yeah. so um so i was you know but i did so much running that everything just pretty much came off mm-hmm. and then the days that i had the strength training you know i have a 300 pound olympic set but i was using 65 pounds and i would do two sets of 50 with 65 mm-hmm. pounds Mm. that's fat burning. That's not bulking up mm. because I think what some people get misconstrued is when you lift weights, you bulk up. And if you're fat, well, you are no longer fat, but as you already know, muscle is heavier than fat. Mm-hmm. And some people go through the running and all this, and they don't lose the weight as fast. And they wonder why, because of the bulking up process you did while doing it instead of the fat burning and toning up process, which is, High reps, 65 pounds, 50 times. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And I did two sets of that. So I got 100 reps out of that 65 pounds in about, what, 10 minutes? So you Mm -hmm. do it within an allotted time. You know what I mean? And it it worked out really well. And so I was able to get through with that. But the running part, consistently doing it, you know, you, you you have a busy day to begin with, but you still have to fit those things in only because of the commitment that I made to do what I said I was going to do, which was always the 13.1 mile half marathon. Hmm. Okay. Now, okay. My my next question is like, you know, we celebrated Thanksgiving and then you have the, the random, uh, I was going to say birthday parties, but like, you know, get together and stuff like that. And that, you know, can steer a person away from their, uh, fitness goal or fitness regiment. Uh, how did you like stay focused throughout all of the, you know, the, the food distractions of the holidays? <laughs> you know what? When you make a commitment, you make a commitment. It's either going to be a true commitment or it's not. If you say you want to do something and there are things that you probably should or shouldn't do and there's discipline needed, well, you got to use that discipline. It's the holiday season and you probably can kind of open up a little bit for the holiday season, but you got to put in that much more work in order to offset what you might have done. A lot of people like to talk because that's just human nature. They say things and then the doing part is the difficult part and they want their motivation to just come to them when they have to be the one motivated. Motivation is only going to take you so far. Ultimately, it's going to come down to your true desire of wanting to go where you plan on going or where you said you want to be. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Motivation is what's going to probably get you through the door. But when things start getting difficult, when things start getting more than difficult and you, no one's watching, it's easy to just say, I'm not going to do it today or I'm not going to do it at all. Who's going to know? Or after a while, you can swallow everything and says, forget about it altogether. I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. It always comes down to yourself. Everything you do, whether you're putting food in your mouth, taking food out of your mouth, doing mm-hmm. the exercise, whatever it takes, it's going to come down to you. And there has to be levels of discipline and levels of accountability while you do these things, because you could simply keep your mouth shut and not do anything. Mm-hmm. If it, is it for your health? Well, it, the reason why you're doing it, is it for your ego? Whatever it might be, you thought it was important enough to follow through. You got to follow through the entire way. You just can't change the rules because, well, this is not a good time to do it. Okay. Okay. And uh, thank you. Um, One of my next questions is, is like when you're running the 5K more over the half marathon, how do you keep yourself focused? Like, you know, you got this long journey. The finish line is not round the bend. It's, It's literally some miles away. What do you keep yourself focused to keep yourself like just, you know, charging to this goal set? Like anything else, it's a process. You know, it didn't start off at 14. It didn't start off at 13K. It didn't start off at 13.1 miles, which is 21.1K, you know, Mm -hmm. kilometers. It started off those days when I did the mile or did the two mile and thought about, oh, forget about it. And then the three miles and then the four miles, that 13 week program is when things started going through. And I think I might've watched a show of yours a while back when you talked about habits, how it takes 21 days to build a habit. And you know what? The last time I checked, 13 weeks was more than 21 days. So (laughs) when you're working towards the goal, by the time you get to that 21st day, even though around day 15, 17, you're pretty much in the habitual mode, you get to that 21st day and you go past that and it becomes second nature. And if you didn't do it, your body clock is kind of telling you, you, if you went to bed without doing anything, your body clock is kind of like, yo, you forgot something today. I don't know exactly what it is, but you forgot something. (laughs) So when you get to that point, you know that, you know, that you can continue moving on. And then the progress you're making, I think that was more impressive than anything else. Because going from a 36-minute 5K to the point to where I even ran an extra 5K to, um to uh, let me see, hold on. <laughs> I hit something by accident. I ran an extra 5K, uh, a Wounded Warrior race, right before my half marathon. The Wounded Warrior race was in November. I wanted to do that. I did it under 28 minutes. Mm. And it was a complete night and day session, even though I slowed down a bit because I thought I lost my wallet and I ended up getting it at the finish line. But the bottom line is when you see that progress and when you listen to people talk about 45 seconds mattering or a minute mattering, and then me over eight minutes was the difference between the improvement I made from running with the pies in June to doing the wounded warrior in November, eight minutes. That's, that's ridiculously, that's, that's a whole bunch of improvement. And more importantly, when I got to the finish line, I didn't see a whole bunch of people my age at the finish line. And I saw a whole bunch of people much younger than me behind me coming in five minutes later, 10 minutes later. 
So yeah, the motivation got me to that point, but the improvement and the success of that improvement is what keeps you going. Absolutely. Okay, so what would you say to those who um, are saying, hey, I'm going to wait to New Year's to make this New Year big New Year's resolution to start my fitness journey then? What do you say to those guys? Well, we already know what New Year's resolutions are about. Most times people don't stick to it. The gyms like it because that's probably the time they get the majority of their money. You know, they don't even have to use contracts. They just know people are coming in for the first month, maybe two. And if they're almost serious, three months. And I mean almost serious because by the fourth month, they're not serious anymore. So they're going to get their first quarter jumped off. In terms of the, That's their Black, Black Friday. I guess that's their Black quarter. <laughs> they get out of the red right away. They start off in the Black and everything else kind of goes by the wayside there. But I've always said, and I continue to say now, competing one way or another, whether it was boxing or other sports I've done in the past, why not now? That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, why not now? Why is today not a good day to do it? It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be some day that's out there in the ether because you got to get it together. You're either mm-hmm. in or you're out. Unless you have to go to a doctor and get him or her to sign off, on whatever it is that you need to do, you might have a heart issue. So you can't really go to be too strenuous. Outside of that, if it's something you can do and you can monitor on your own, why not now? You know, New Year's is just well, a little bit over two weeks from now. Um, well, almost a little less, than, actually a day less than three weeks from now. Why not now? Yeah. What's the difference between now? Well, you want to get your eating in for Christmas? You want to get your drinking in for New Year's Eve? If you're going to do that reckless type of thing, then you're probably going to continue that reckless way of life once you do supposedly get it real this time. Or mm. I really mean it this time. Mm. How many I um, really mean it this time have you had in your life? Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um, lastly, one of the things I, I get a lot is people who say, well, you know, most fitness influencers already talking to people who's already have done it. They're already in the peak form of their life. What about those guys who are literally just starting out, who are, you know, these are the first steps that they have made probably in years towards getting back to their uh, to their fitness goal? What would you say to those guys? But it's always going to come down to you. You can always choose not to do it. If it's important enough to you, you're going to make the commitment to do whatever it is. And you don't have to start off at the end. You start at the beginning when you're taking one foot to put in front of the other, whether you're running or whether it's something else, whether you're cycling, one foot in front of the other. That's it. Things get difficult. And I would like to believe if you made this a goal that you knew it was going to get difficult, but you was willing to withstand it, and continue to move on and get to the goal that you claim you you want or the things you say you want. You know, we're in an age now where people just like saying things and they just want to have the easy way out. The easy way out is the worst way out because you'll be doing the easy thing all the time and getting the minimal results from that easy thing mm-hmm. and then wondering why, how, who, what, when, where, you know, and you won't get the results that you want. Sometimes things are hard. In fact, a lot of times things are hard. It's hard because it's meant to be hard, not because you're sadistic, not because you're Spartan, but they're supposed to be hard. That's the reason why those people 
are the ones who succeed or are in a better place. And the, so many that haven't done it are willing to do, or are willing to do it. They're not. Absolutely. You, just, you decide if it's a good or bad thing. And, mm. you know, I expect if, if something you've settled on and decided to do in your own mind, I would believe that you're willing to stand up for it or really put in the effort to see it through. I mean, there's so many things I can talk about in that regard. I mean, hey, I, I know you didn't ask, but I didn't drive fast one time for seven days. And I went into it wondering, man, if I have a headache on the first day, all bets are off. No harm, no foul. And I meant that. By the second day, when I didn't get a headache the first day, I figured se- the second day there has to be a headache. No headache then. The third day, I just mailed it in and said, yeah, the headache is coming. I'm just going to sit and wait for it. Well, it passed me by. The mm. worst thing I had in seven days was dry mouth on day four. And it was serious, but mm. it came and went. By the fourth day, fifth day, you know, even the day of the dry mouth and the fifth day, I had more energy than I had before I started doing the dry fast. And a dry fast means no water. Mm. It means no food. That's mm. what it means. People ask me, what's a dry fast? Well, if a regular fast, you can drink water and do nothing else. A dry fast means nothing. Mm-hmm. I had people telling me, you're lying because you would be dead by now. <laughs> Where did you get this from? They don't know about the body chemistry. They don't know about the biology involved in any of this. They just go by some tale they might have heard from someone else because the someone else they're talking to had never done it before. I went to YouTube. I saw the comments and I heard people talk about how they got to day five and just couldn't. You know what? My goal was to get past day five. And I did. And in that short period of time, I lost 17 pounds. Now, I wasn't doing it for the weight loss. I was doing it for the experience, the ketosis, and the autophagy. I was insulin resistant and was no longer insulin resistant after that short time. So that's the reason why I did it. And there's other reasons in addition to to that. But yeah, to, to make a long story short, I did the seven days, lost 17 pounds in that seven days. Everything across the board felt so much better. And now I know I can do it again if I need to. And I may need to after this um, (laughs) marathon. I may need to because I picked out the last two days. So I need to do something fast other than food. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Trav, taking time out of your busy schedule to share with us, you know, so that we can, you know, um, hopefully learn from you because you definitely put out a lot of good information. And uh, we, I really appreciate you taking time out to, uh, to, 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 talk, to talk with us today. Yeah, I have no problem coming back on here if I have to, to see if someone wants to be held accountable for what they say they want to do. Because you don't have to say anything. You can remain who you are if you're comfortable with that. But my, I think that people would not feel comfortable if they made the decision saying they wanted to do something that required real effort. I'm not one of these people that's going to pat you in the back because you couldn't get it done. I'm not even going to pat you in the back because you got it done. You do, you're supposed to do what you said you would do. I'm expecting that from people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All, All right, right, y'all. That's it for the JB and I show for today. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you. Uh, again, and thank you once more, and thank you three times. I am the fire hawk. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I want to talk a little bit about uh, traveling. Um, you know, it's the holiday season, and we are visiting family or going on vacation or taking time off. If you're traveling, be safe, plan accordingly. Try to plan as much as you can. Check the travel advisory. Um, I said before I was going to look it up, and I did. And it's travel.state.gov. And you can look up different travel advisories, learn about your destination and all of that. You know, take a, a, a safer uh, travel to prepare yourself. You know, there's traveler's checks. There's um, notifying your bank that you're traveling different areas, notifying, you know, whomever you need to notify. And if you go into a particular area that's out of the country, you can even um, notify the, uh, uh, I was going to say the, 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 um, I can't think of what the people call. But anyway, it's just make, making sure that you're staying safe and making sure that you're planning accordingly and planning ahead and such like that and and um, making sure that you are being humble because you're not in the United States learning the culture because you don't, don't want to go over there acting like a, 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 you know, acting like a prick or a pee-pee head. You don't want to do that. And... You want to, you know, be humble. You want to know the culture, learn the culture. Make sure you're not breaking any rules, any laws. Again, this is not the United States. If you're overseas to a different country, you know, uh, so put your arrogant on a on a on a on a uh, off setting. <laughs> turn your arrogance to off, and turn your hu uh, your uh, humbleness to hundred. <laughs> so. And uh, just be safe out there. Uh, be aware of the weather. That's a lot of things what most people forget to factor in is the weather, especially if you're normally used to living in warmer climates or even colder climates. If you used to living in New York, as an example, you're going to and you're traveling to the Caribbean for a vacation or whatever, you know. You have to plan accordingly. You can't bring your goose hoodie <laughs> to the Caribbean. I mean, you could bring it, but it's going to be too hot. It's going to be too hot to wear that thing. You know what I'm saying? So you want to make sure that um, that you plan accordingly and make sure that you are taking all possible um, delays, layover, uh, cancellations. I said delays, delays, flights. And all of that into account. And if you are going in an area that you're not familiar with, learning about the area or even hiring a guide or whatever you need to do to make sure that, one, you're safe, and two, you, can, you guys can still have a good time. Don't get arrogant. Don't get silly. Don't act a fool. <laughs> all right. And just be safe out there and have a good time. Enjoy yourself, okay? That's going to be, you know, number one in everything and, you know, and traveling. Whether you're traveling within the United States or whether you're traveling abroad to another country, the whole purposes of, of doing it is to have fun and you want to have fun. and But you want to also be safe as well. 
you want to plan accordingly. You want to uh, uh, make sure that you factor in all of the miscellaneous factors. Like if you know that your flight is going through Chicago in the wintertime, it might be some delays. So realistically speaking, so you might want to plan for it. Okay. And, and if you do plan for it, you might find yourself better off making sure that all this stuff is taken care of. Okay. Um, the other thing is driving. You might make it to your destination and you might be okay to drive. You might be fine driving. You might know all of that stuff, but then you might get, uh, snowed in and you're, you stuck in your car and you, you're waiting on the snow to let up or you're waiting on a rescue or whatever the case may be. You want to have something like a, um, uh, was it like an insulated blanket? You know, not. I, I was gonna say like a battery powered, but it, I don't think the insulated blanket is battery powered. But it's like you know your body heat warm, but it holds the heat and it amplifies the heat. Now uh, I can't think of the name of the blanket, but it's it's for like emergency type of usage and such like that. You know, or a sleeping bag. You know. Simplify it, <laughs> you know. So you, I just want you guys to be safe out there, and you can you can let me know your travels, where you've been at, and stuff like that. And I can live vicariously through you. <laughs> so y'all have a good time out there, have fun, you know. Come back, tell me all about it, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna have uh, a friend of mine on a show coming up. Uh, he's from. The Sports Bag Bros, he's tried from Sports Bag Bros. As you know, we talk about everything here, entertainment, but I also talk about motivation and fitness. And he's coming to talk about his 5K. He's going to be talking about his marathon, half marathon, excuse me, that he that he done. And we're just going to have a good conversation. I want you guys to be in on that. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Um, yeah, I really do appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for watching the JB and I show. Um, we will be going into a hiatus in January and prospectively be back around mid to end March. Okay. Just so you guys know. Okay. Love you guys. And, uh, yeah, have a wonderful and blessed day. MyFitWatch.net, you see me say it so much time, so many times, um, it's my online store, uh, you, you can find uh, Team Firehawk supplements there, I use it, uh, multivitamin, um, you can find uh, all the merch there, you know what I'm saying, gotta get the merch, and uh, you can also find... Um, all kind of items and stuff there that that you know just will support the uh, the stream, the company, the, the whole nine, the movement, every everything you know. So it's just a pleasure and an honor to be able to present to you myfootwatch.net. Okay, so thank you so much for your support. All right.